Hi everyone, Colin Day here, Certified Financial Planner, Professional, Correct Capital Wealth Management. With me today for another Capital Conversation is the John Biedenstein. John, how are you? I'm great today. You Just today though? Just today. Okay. Well, is it because you're sitting in here recording a podcast it's with day. me? It's day. We're filming on a Wednesday. Oh, that is so. true. Okay. So the end <laughs> is in sight, I guess we'll say. Uh, today, John, we have a fun capital conversation. We are actually uh, you know, lending something, let's say, or borrowing something from Capital Group, um, otherwise known um, by many as American Funds. And today, what we wanted to talk about was this guide to investing in an election year. Because, uh, John, you mentioned today is Wednesday, but it's also the beginning of February. And what's on most people's minds, if you were to watch the news media right now, is the election. And even though we're nine months away, Sure seems like it's going to be tomorrow, doesn't it? November 5th will be here sooner than you think. Yes. So what we wanted to do today was have a short conversation using the Capital Group piece to talk you through some of the major ideas when it comes to being an investor during the election cycle, believing perhaps, John, that there's more volatility during the election years, but we'll talk about that in a second. Um, but also talking a little bit about you know how we as investors maybe can put on some blinders with some of the noise that we might be hearing um, you know throughout the media. So John, why don't you start off with one of the slides that you thought was most interesting? So the first slide is which political party has been better for investors during an election year? And jump to the chase, the answer is neither. Um, there's really no difference between whether it's a Republican in office are a, a Democratic Party uh, candidate that wins the office. Uh, candidly, what we've seen over time is investors have to make decisions in regards to if they want to stay the course. Oftentimes, if you stay the course and stay fully invested, you know, and the market continues to perform, you know, improving each year, doing, doing the upward trend, that's been the typical best way for folks to see the best, I should say, the best results historically. And American Fund's piece here goes through 22 different presidential election cycles. So it's not just a look back of last year. Mm -hmm. It's really going into a little bit of history. Yeah. So... Um, and for those that can't visualize what we're looking at here, this chart basically shows a hypothetical uh, $1,000 investment back in 1930, was that 1933, John? So basically saying, hey, over these election cycles where different parties hold the presidential position, there really is, if you just look, it's kind of upward and to the right, it's shaded red and blue, but it's pretty consistent performance over time, I'd say. Correct. Sure. So what, what is the next slide, John, that you the thought was interesting? The next slide there? is what, typical, what typically happens to the stock market during an election year. Mm -hmm. Now, one thing that the stock market does not like is uncertainty. And there is amount of uncertainty um, during an election cycle. The level of uncertainty is typically seen as higher during the primary periods where the folks are choosing the candidate for both of the political parties. Um, this year, we're kind of through some of that because it's there's getting to be uh, clear idea who those candidates are going to be mm -hmm. for the two major parties. So uh, but so that primary period, which is typically where there's a higher level of uncertainty, is really, it should be really lessened this cycle. So that might be a plus uh, compared to where we've been in the past. But the again, the market doesn't like uncertainty. 
So we like more defined terms. We like, you know, earnings growth, those type of things. So mm -hmm. uh, once we get out of the primary cycle and there's more of a, you know, back into just an election year of two candidates going back and forth, uh, that's where we see uh, a little bit less volatility. And again, historically speaking, the markets are consistently performing on an upward trend. Right. And, so. and you know, the common refrain that I'm hearing from clients, John, is there seems to be a lot more volatility in election years. And really the reality is, is that there's volatility kind of every year. Um, there are some trends when we think about where we think the market is going, which we'll talk about in just a moment. Um, but for the most part, the volatility in an election year, like where we are right now in 2024, really isn't as different as anything else. It seems more pronounced, especially because we are hearing more about the election. I think it's fair to say that you know, much of the volatility is a perceived volatility than it is an actual one because we are front-loaded with information that says, yes, we should be fearful of the market because blank candidate is going to be elected next <laughs> or the, uh, this person is going to retain the presidency for uh, another term. So I think a lot of the uh, confusion and some of the concern about investing in, around market cycles with elections in mind is, is really, I guess, John, to put it simply, in your head. <laughs> I don't right. know if you agree there. <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, the, the media kind of blows everything out of proportion right now, especially if you pay attention to that. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, that's where you can get a little bit more worked up. Right. So, and I think that's where the concerns and making things bigger turns into a bigger deal. Yeah, absolutely. So. And, and that does lead me actually into the, the next slide that I'm going to address, which is, you know, when it comes to inflows of money, so when we think of, I've got dollars in my bank account that I would like to put to work, John. I don't want it just sitting in my high-yield savings account or uh, you know, just at a, probably a pretty poor rate if it's in a checking account. I want to do something with it. Well, when does money move in to the market? So if we think about election cycles, so 2024 being the fourth year of a presidency. So for President Biden, we're in year four. We think about resetting next year technically in 2025 to the next four year election cycle period. What we normally see is the first year of a presidential election cycle. That is where all the money comes in to stock related investments. So what Capital Group is showing here is that the inflows, so I've got dollars that I wanna put into the market, that is when money floods the market um, into investments. That's where, hey, I was sitting on a reserve of cash, now I wish to push that out. And interestingly, we see that that lowers every year afterwards until in year four, again, the election year, just like where we are right now. That is the year when finally inflows into stocks is actually lower than what we see into cash-like instruments like money markets. So a lot of the fears are, you know, okay, a lot of those earnings are going to be front-loaded on this presidential cycle, but then once we start talking about and we get through midterms, <laughs> now we're stuck thinking, oh man, I, I don't know if that market's going to continue on, John. I, I'm, I'm too fearful. I'm going to stay on the sidelines. I'm going to put more money into my savings account. I'm not willing to put it into the stock market. When I saw this, I thought this was incredibly interesting, um, you know, mostly because this is what a lot of our clients are doing. Correct. And it also noted that there was an inflow in both uh, domestic U.S. equities and uh, international equities. So there's mm -hmm. a flow both the, you know, so, you know, people are investing both sides of the ocean, put it yeah. that way. Right. So 
Right, and it's that that belief that the U.S., well, although we do participate in a global economy, the U.S. is a major player in that, and they're a major influence. And so, again, a rising tide should lift all boats, so to speak. So it's interesting for me to kind of think that, you know, hey, just because it's 2024, just because, again, we're still nine months away from this thing uh, from even happening, but because we're in an election year, more people are going to be fearful than maybe in the previous three years of the election cycle. So finally, oh, John, did you have something there? And then the, the, the next question is the one where, where you look at somebody that's more concerned with things and maybe they pull money out of the market. Mm-hmm. Or they're, they're more reluctant to you know, keep, keep contributions in money market fund for a longer period of time. So yeah. that's kind of the next question. Yeah, absolutely. Because when we think about how do we invest in these election years and who makes out better? So the final uh, big thing that Capital Group put together was talking about you know what is the best way to invest in election years. So they basically broke it down into three different kinds of categories. So if I've got money in my pocket, it's in my bank account, I want to do something with it. So hypothetically, they looked after all these 22 election cycles and said, if I've got $1,000 on January 1st that I wish to put into the stock market, I believe in this case the S&P 500 tracking U.S. companies. So if I've got, um, excuse me, $10,000 in this hypothetical example, how will my money grow? depending on if I deploy it immediately, all 10,000 on January 1st, if instead I take $1,000 every month and put it in for 10 months in a row, or if I say, no, 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 I'm way too nervous, I'm gonna keep it on the sideline, John, I'm gonna keep it in my money market fund, and then January 1st, the year following the election cycle, that's when I deploy it. So then they tracked it for four years. So they said, for example, um, let's say it is well, let's go back one month. Let's say it was January still, John, in 2024. I have my $10,000, I put it in. In scenario two, I put only 1,000. When it hit February 1st, I put in another 1,000, rinse and repeat for 10 months. And then the last version is in January 2025, when the election's already been decided, uh, um, the inaugural ball is right around the corner. Uh, <laughs> that's when I'm gonna put my 10,000 to work. So in those three scenarios, well, John, you tell us, who won? Well, the winner is the person that stayed fully invested. Mm-hmm. But secondly, the, the, the investor that used dollar cost averaging for mm-hmm. the, the $1,000 for the first 10 months, they were very in a very close second. Yep. So again, uh, you know, I'm more in the 401k space. 401ks are typically funded each payroll period or each month. And that's what we call dollar cost averaging. So you're buying when the market's you know, whether the market's high or low, you're taking your money from the payroll and, and making deposits into your 401k plan. Mm-hmm. Very much like the example here. So yeah. we typically see dollar cost averaging is where you're buying in and out, or buying in throughout uh, different periods of time mm-hmm. can be beneficial. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. but the person that stayed on the sidelines for a year, what happened to them? Well, those people, they did okay, they still put the money in though, because if you recall, that's when all the inflows are with equities is that first year as we hit the reset button on the election cycle. So those people did enjoy growth over the next several years, but it wasn't as good as those people that either deployed it all immediately, which is um, January 1st of the beginning of the election year, or those people that were dollar cost averaging in, like you said, over the course of the year. So for many investors, this is why we say, you know, just because it's an election year doesn't mean that we suddenly break strategy. You know, for majority of our clients that are either soon to be retirees or retirees, that's why we promote a certain level of risk in the account so that we can stay in the market as opposed to trying to time the market 
um, because trying to time the market is not always the best strategy for, again, the long-term investor. So John, any other parting thoughts when we think about this report, the election year? I mean, I'm not asking for you to forecast who will win, um, but for, from an investing standpoint, any, any final words that you have for our listeners? Or Again, viewers? you know, we, we have this information. We'd be glad to provide it to you mm-hmm. if you have any interest. So let us know about that. Um, you know, I, I will say that other than, you know, a year ago, it probably had 20, this was 22 years or 23. It had one year last year. These results are pretty much the same every election cycle. So we, we talk about this, but the reality is we're, we're all, it all comes under the same thing. Yeah. So, um, and our, our belief is long-term investing pays off, and, and that's kind of what this implies or kind of confirms. Yes, exactly. Okay. So thank you very much for watching or for listening. Um, you know, regardless of how you're viewing or listening to us, we appreciate you. Um, please let us know if you have ideas for future podcast episodes. We are always looking for more information uh, from you all because you're the ones that are appreciating hopefully what we're saying. So for John Biedenstein, I'm Colin Day. Thanks again for joining us on Capital Conversations. The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. As always, please remember, investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional. Correct Capital Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where Correct Capital Wealth Management and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advice may be rendered by Correct Capital Wealth Management unless a client service agreement is in place.